1: Those first day nerves totally come into play and I feel like it's something I've never done before. And I hope that feeling never goes away. And I don't think it will. I just think you're constantly stepping into new territory.
0: Testing, one, two, three. Welcome, listeners, to another episode of In the Envelope. I hope you are all ready for a big week here at Backstage's In the Envelope, the Actors podcast. I hope I am ready for a big week. We have not one, not two, but three episodes releasing this week. Um, and kicking us off, the voice you just heard is that of Haley Steinfeld, of course. I am so thrilled to have talked to Haley in today's episode. She stars in the Apple TV comedy Dickinson as Emily Dickinson. So, as you can imagine, there was fascinating stuff to talk to you about that. But before we get to that, I wanted to mention, of course, some of the things that are happening on Backstage.com. It is Emmy season, and you can tell that by going to Backstage.com and clicking on any of the number of features we have. Last week's Backstage cover star was none other than Kerry Washington. Kerry Washington, which by the way, remote photo shoot and everything. Go check it out for the photos alone. She's Carrie Washington, she's phenomenal. And this week, I know this episode comes out a day before the story goes online and Backstage Print Magazine comes out on Thursdays. However, I'm just gonna go ahead and spoil it. Uh, this week's backstage cover star is Chris Evans. Chris Evans! Okay, so those are two of the features we have. If you are an Emmy voter, if you are maybe in lockdown and looking for what TV to watch, you're looking for interesting stories behind some of your favorite TV, seriously go to backstage.com features because we have everything for you. Just looking at this list, we spoke recently with Milo Ventimiglia, a friend of this podcast. Of course, he's the star of This Is Us, but he recently directed This Is Us. We have our Backstage 5 column featuring all kinds of interesting people. Career Dispatch is our guest writer column. That's had some super interesting talent recently. And um, stay tuned, because over the next couple weeks of Emmy nominating, Backstage.com is where it is at in terms of Emmy content I'm also going to link in today's episode description to our write-up of the Peabody Awards and wanted to give a little bit of context about the Peabody's because Haley and I mentioned it because her show Dickinson was the winner of one of this year's Peabody Awards. Shout out to the Peabody's. We love the Peabody's. Yes, it's true that not all award shows are canceled this year. The Peabody's uh, ceremony is canceled, but they went ahead as planned. For those who don't know, they recognize, quote, the most compelling and empowering stories released in broadcasting and digital media. Cicely Tyson was a special honoree this year, The Simpsons. They honored a host of scripted TV shows, including Fleabag and Watchmen and When They See Us and Dickinson. So we are going to link to the Peabody's recap piece because awards news, believe it or not, is still happening! And um, yeah, so everyone check out uh, Backstage.com and we should get to this amazing interview with Haley Steinfeld who needs no introduction, but we are going to give her one anyway, right after a quick word from today's sponsor. Today's podcast is brought to you by the Apple TV Plus original series, The Morning Show. This drama series explores the cutthroat world of morning news and the lives of the people who help America wake up in the morning, told through the lens of two complicated women working to navigate the minefield of high-octane jobs while facing crises in both their personal and professional lives. Starring Jennifer Aniston, Reese Witherspoon, Steve Carell, Billy Crudup, Gugu mbatha and Mark Duplass. For your Emmy consideration in all eligible categories, including Outstanding Drama Series, visit fyc.appletvplus.com. Actor, musician, activist, and now producer Haley Steinfeld had the biggest of big breaks at age 13 when she joined Jeff Bridges and Matt Damon in the Coen brothers True Grit, a performance that earned her multiple film awards, including an Oscar nomination. She's since starred in Ender's Game, Romeo and Juliet, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, Bumblebee, and The Edge of Seventeen, and now executive produces Elena Smith's irreverent comedy Dickinson on Apple TV+, starring as Emily Dickinson. Here's our interview with superstar Haley Steinfeld. Haley Steinfeld, thank you so much for joining us. How are you?
1: I'm so good. Thanks. Thanks for having me. How are you?
0: I'm good. Um, this is Backstage's podcast. Do you Are you familiar with Backstage at all? Did you ever use Backstage?
1: No, but I've been on it now since uh just in the last couple of hours checking it out oh no way pretty incredible I must (laughs) say yeah
0: good that's great because I'm I mean I'm definitely gonna ask you about your whole journey in the biz we're always we're always really keen to hear you know people's uh how they got into acting and especially I think the people who started as child actors um we ask a lot about you know advice and when you got started and but um I wanted to start by asking, like, how are you in the context of, you know, how are you in the year 2020? (laughs) How's it's it's a lot going on. And I'm curious about how you're navigating it all.
1: There definitely is a lot going on. Um, I would say (laughs) it's just it's it's I don't even know where to begin, to be honest. I think with everything that's happened uh, within the last two weeks, let alone the last what is it now, four months, five, five months, I've lost (laughs) track completely. completely. Um, this time has been a huge eye-opener for me, um, in so many different ways and in so many different aspects of my life as a human being, as a performer, as a professional, as a daughter, a sister. Um, I've never ever spent this kind of time at home since I started working right. professionally, um, right. which was, you know, over a decade ago. Um, And I just, I don't know, I've gone through sort of waves, I guess you could say, as far as feeling creative and inspired and feeling really low and confused and depressed. Um, But again, I'm so thankful to have this time and just be able to sort of, again, uh, educate myself on on what's going on in the world and what I can do uh, as far as making a change, being a part of You know the changes that need to be made. Um, It's just like I said, been a huge eye opener, and uh, I do think if it's if it's good for something, all this time that everybody's had, it's that we've had Mm -hmm. this time to think and figure out who we are and what what it is we can do, and just exactly what we're capable of. That makes sense.
0: Absolutely, and you mentioned the idea of being inspired, and how it's definitely just true that there are ups and downs, and maybe good days and bad days. Are you finding there are things that are inspiring you? And also when you say inspired, you mean like in songwriting or in what's like, what's what artistically is fulfilling you right now?
1: Just as I guess in general, to be honest, again, like I said, I haven't really ever had this kind of this much time sitting still. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think I've definitely taken for granted in the past how much I draw from places around the world traveling as much as I dislike airports. Like there's a lot to be seen and a lot to be inspired by in that one place. Um, and having not, you know, had access to that or, or I don't know, it's, it's just been weird. I haven't but it's just been hard to, find. I guess I didn't realize how much I appreciated, um, or how much I now appreciate, um, every little, uh, you know, thing that I do <laughs> as Completely. part of my life, as part of my work. Um, but I don't know as as far as like songwriting and um singing i i definitely feel like i've had time to sort of deep dive into the music i grew up listening to which has been really awesome Mm -hmm. uh and just deep dive in the sense where i've listened to records from start to finish in one sitting without distractions or eruptions which i don't know that i've ever really done that i mean my favorite thing to do is download an album, right. And have it for a plane ride or a long car ride, but you know, you're with other people or you get a phone call or you fall asleep or whatever it is. Right. And, and I, I couldn't tell you the last time I actually had that opportunity. And Mm. there's something so special. I think that artists intend for their listeners to sort of consume their story in that way. You know, when you watch a movie, you don't want to watch it over the course of a week. You want to sit down and watch that movie for two hours, two and a half hours, whatever it is. Mm. Um, and lose yourself in that time. It's not that much time. Um, totally. And so to be able to, you know, have done that with, you know, a few of my favorite records that I listened to growing up and am inspired by sonically now, lyrically now, uh, it's just been really fun to kind of pick out what those elements are and mm-hmm. figure out how I can incorporate them in my music.
0: That's yeah. cool. That's super cool. And it's such a great point too. Like it, it's just true these days we're learning about what we're, what we took for granted or what we're not going to take for granted anymore. I know that that's been sort of one of the biggest lessons for me, as, as you say, with everything slowing down, it's because everything slows down that we're able to be like, oh, this is what matters to me. This is what I didn't know matters to me that does. 100%. Know? Totally. So take me back to the very beginning. You said over a decade of, of working professionally, um, Has but has it always been acting? Do, what was your earliest memory of like, did, were you bit by the bug?
1: You know, yeah, I guess you could say I was. Um, it was a number of things that sort of pulled me in. Um, I guess you could say I was, I was about eight years old and Mm -hmm. up until that point, probably up until that point, probably like from five, six to about eight. Uh, I was probably even before then to be fair, but I was just in one day it was ballet the next day it was basketball the day after that it was horseback riding then i was like what if i did this what if i did that and it was to the point where my parents were just like all right listen kid you gotta pick (laughs) something and commit because we you gotta you know we've you're horseback riding now we've got you all the gear we've got you the you know the whole package of lessons and you're set to go and now you want to play basketball what what are you doing Um, and so I was eight years old when my, a cousin of mine, who's three years older than me, uh, she was doing some acting, some commercials, if you will. And, uh, a family friend of ours, a neighbor, an old neighbor of ours was doing, um, she was in a school play and I went to see that play and I would wait in front of our family room TV and, and watch the channel that my cousin's commercial was apparently meant to be playing on for hours until that commercial popped up. And I'll never forget standing in front of the TV that was massive at the time. If I stood in front of it now, I, of course, it doesn't feel that big, but when I was young, (laughs) it was this massive screen that felt like it took up the entire wall and my cousin's face was in the center of it. And suddenly (laughs) it became something that was so real And then having seen, you know, our neighbor in that school play, I wasn't very far from the stage. And there she was, you know, in front of all these people. Her voice was being projected so loud that everyone in this theater could hear. And that was just my neighbor that, you know, would watch me when my parents went to dinner. Um, Mm -hmm. And it just, again, suddenly became so achievable in in a sense. And I remember running into my parents' office, which I'm currently in now. Uh, and I was like, that's it. I want that commercials. I want to be in commercials. That's what it is. That's kind of how it started. Um, because that's, I guess at that point, as far as I thought it could go. Um, and so my mom, uh, knowing that it required a lot more of a commitment than I did or probably was ever prepared for at that point Mm. in my life at eight years old. She said, if you take, uh, acting classes for a full year, we'll look into it.
0: So my okay. mom,
1: God bless her, did tons and tons and tons of research that to this day she continues to do um, and found a couple different acting schools, acting coaches in L.A. And I started oh, okay. my year long journey of classes. And then, I mean, the rest is history. But we'll probably. You were get still into, into
0: it. Totally. Um, I really love this idea that it was commercials that... <laughs> like inspired you. Like it wasn't, I want to be a movie star. You were like, I want to be a commercial star.
1: (laughs) I guess it was just the idea of being on that screen in my family room. And I didn't know to what capacity, you know, that, that meant I knew I wanted to perform. I wanted to entertain. And when I saw my family on that TV in a commercial, Mm. I was like, well, that's the answer. (laughs)
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You, and you said your mom did all this research. Like, it sounds like she kind of knew what this would entail, that this would, especially if you became a big success and had a big breakthrough as you did, she kind of knew what she was signing up for.
1: Yeah. You know what? So I, I I have conversations with my mom about this every every so often it feels where I actually probably have this conversation more with myself than I do with her, but I I sometimes hmm. question what it is she saw or sees, um, Hmm. I know I'm her kid, but you know, we spent years in her car (laughs) driving to auditions and there I would get so close to so many and I wouldn't get it. And I would be so beside myself and, and, Hmm. you know, the level of rejection that is faced, uh, throughout your entire career, not just in the beginning is Hmm. brutal. And I was so young and I remember hearing my parents having conversations about is this like, she, she wants this, right? This is what, is this what she wants? I mean, do I keep like, you know, they were always just so incredibly supportive, but I, I, I sometimes question like what, how uh, the fact that she didn't give up on me is Mm. why I'm here. Um, because she uh, really is truly the reason that I was able to walk into any room and get in front of any casting director or producer or director. Um, agents, let alone. And to to sort of finish off where that story was going after my year of acting classes, I came back to my parents. I, to the day, a year to the day, I was like, all right, I did it. Now what? And (laughs) so my mom took headshots in my, in our backyard. She took the photos, sent it out to 10 different agencies, um, and a commercial agent called and a print agent. And Mm -hmm. I signed with both and, um, I did a couple commercials and I did a lot of print work. And the print agency that I was with um, had a theatrical department and a commercial department, and so on. Oh, okay. and they ended up signing me across the board. Um, and then I was with them until I made my first movie and a little a little bit after. so and that was all based on on her research. She knew right. how to take the photos, where to take the photos, where to send them to. Um, wow. and she got me in those rooms. So, yeah, I don't know. Sometimes I just wonder how she how she managed <laughs> to just continue lifting me up and making it happen.
0: Well, right. Especially as you're saying, amid all the rejection, like it sounds like from the beginning you knew, or she was preparing you, or there just already was a lot of rejection. (laughs) You picked a profession that has a lot of rejection, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I I don't know that I necessarily, I don't know that we knew, um, Mm. until I guess it kind of, it started happening really. It's, it's, it's a weird thing. And I think, you know, a lot of throughout the years, a lot of, um, kids who I met in acting classes, their moms would call my mom and ask her questions. And it truly mm-hmm. isn't something you really understand until you're in it. Because although my mom, like I said, has done and continues to do all this research, until you're on the playing field, it's very hard to know what it feels like and and sure. what it requires from you physically and emotionally and mentally. Um, and yeah, I think that's... Yeah. I don't know that we necessarily knew, but um, right. it is what it is. Like you said, yeah, this is, it's it's a whole, it's what it entails. You're making that decision. You're choosing to be in this business and that's uh, quite a big part of it. Rejection.
0: <laughs> totally. And and weighing that against the, weighing this potential success against the, the very tangible failures. Like I really like asking the question, why, why acting? Why is, why is this the path that you're pursuing? Obviously, the initial inspiration was a little bit of like, I want to see my my face on a on this big screen, but like, why these days do you have such a passion for it?
1: I I feel like I feel like I f- I finally found something and somewhere I belong, and I guess mm-hmm. I you know growing up I was on sports teams and I was a cheerleader for my brother's football team for years and I was you know in academic clubs throughout school. And, and I, I never really felt it was never, I could never find my place in all of that. And, you know, like I said, I was mm. very, um, <laughs> indecisive, I guess you could say, as far as what I wanted to do. And I knew I, I, knew I was sure. young, but, um, I, I also found what I, what I did love and something I was good at at a young age. And I just think that within the world of acting, I have discovered so much about myself and I've discovered, the fact that there's still so much I don't know. And there's so mm. much growing I have to do. And I don't know that I, I'll i ever feel, I feel very confident with what I do. I mean, maybe not always, but I like to get mm-hmm. to the place where I do. And I can say that I feel confident, confidently. Um, mm. But I don't know that I'll ever feel like I'm like really good, which I like, you know, I I,
0: I see. Yeah.
1: You know I, I I don't know i just there's there's something about this that like i'll I, I there's no i would love to speak to an actor that's ever possibly gotten bored with being an actor
0: mm-hmm. i I
1: don't know that I'll ever ever get bored or not feel challenged or not feel scared mm-hmm. or you know bad at what I do you know which is <laughs> which is crazy Um, and I'm, and, and while feeling all of those things, I have found myself in rooms and on sets and behind a camera with some of the most incredible talent in the world. And I can't even believe that I've been put in those positions. So I don't know, I guess why acting, I, I, I have found myself, I have found so many versions of myself and Mm. I was never able to do that with, with anything else. Mm. And I don't know, I just feel, I feel like I feel as terrified equally as terrified as I do calm, you know what I mean? Yes. And and at home and at peace with myself. And I don't know. It's a. I guess I've never truly thought about it exactly, but <laughs> yes, I don't know. It just feels right.
0: It sounds like you want to be a little scared. You want to be a little bit out of your comfort zone.
1: Yeah. I, yeah. I, I have to feel like there's a hill to climb for sure. Like, yeah. like, like by the end of it, I'll, I'll feel like I accomplished something. Mm-hmm. Um, and Yeah. You know, I've, I've always found that there's, there's never one specific thing I'm, I'm, I'm looking for. Um, Mm -hmm. and I think the beauty in, you know, being a part of a project, whether you're sort of coming in, in the, in the 11th hour or, you know, where they're just sort of putting it together from, you know, from the the ground up, um, Mm -hmm. there are so many factors so many elements that factor into the decision and, and that, that's just, I mean, obviously it starts with the, 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 the character, the writing, mm-hmm. the filmmakers involved, the actors involved, and it's got, I've gotten to a place too where, where it films, you know, uh, um, oh, sure, It <laughs> can definitely factor into that as well. Um, yeah. But there are so many, there are so many different, I guess, like, yeah, it starts with, it starts with the role. I love, I love being able to play and I feel like I've, had the opportunity to do this a number of times. Um, young female characters who have mm-hmm. a voice or have something to say, If even if they don't have a voice, they have to find it. They have to find a way to make mm-hmm. their voice heard. And I, 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 I don't know, I've always been, I always have been drawn to that. I love that. I do mm-hmm. love anything that requires a, you know, if there's a, a physical aspect, if, you know, I, I love that a lot of the roles I've played have actually required me to, learn or dive into something I never thought I'd have any interest in to begin with. Yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, there's, I guess it's different all the time.
0: That's beautiful. I love the idea of a through line of, of, of all of your characters. Like they all share this quality of, even if they haven't found their voice, the process of finding one, that right there is a character arc, I suppose.
1: Mm, sure. Of course.
0: And is, is it safe to say too, that this all started in a big way, with true grit. Like, we've spoken to actors on this podcast that their career becomes more of a slow burn, a series of small, big breaks, and other people, there's one big break. Did you feel like you were then on a train in, you're all in on acting after that point?
1: Oh, absolutely, that was that was definitely the one. I mean, yeah, it's it's so wild. It's so wild to think about that whole experience, the, the, the process alone of just, mm-hmm going in and, and I don't know that whole thing was crazy but yeah absolutely that was definitely that was my first movie my first legitimate I mean everything it feels like
0: <laughs> yeah and you were 13
1: yes 13
0: that's so amazing like if you could go back in time and give that that 13 year old self like one piece of advice what would it be what were what were you like what was it that you needed to know at that point
1: Damn, you know, I honestly wish I could ask that 13-year-old me advice now for myself. Oh, sure. It's
0: 20, the other way around.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, <laughs> I, guess, I guess if there is one thing, though, I will say, just don't ever be afraid of asking questions. There were definitely mm-hmm. moments in which I felt intimidated. I mean, not even sure. by, I mean, the people that I was surrounded by alone were uh, pretty intimidating in the best way possible. Um, right. But just the whole the whole scenario of just being on a movie set, you know, for the first time in my life, being away from home. I mean, I, I'll never forget the night before my mom and I left. It was so emotional between my family. It was like, you know, and then just going through this whole ride of sometimes feeling like I was supposed to know the answers, you know. Um, mm. And I guess just I, if I had to tell that, that 13-year-old anything, it would just be to not like I said, not be afraid to ask questions Mm. and be curious and know that you're never going to have all the answers ever. I hope I don't ever have all the answers. Damn. (laughs) Um, I don't think I have the mental capacity. I don't think anybody does. Um, but but that would be, that would be what I would say for sure.
0: There's no, like the idea of perfection in your art is not, that's not possible. Right. Is what you're saying. Mm.
1: That or just the amount of, knowledge and experience and wisdom or or wisdom comes with the experience. And that's endless. I mean, I can't tell you the first time, I mean, every time I walk onto a set for the first day, Mm -hmm. I feel like I know nothing. I feel like whether it's been, even if it's been six months since I was on a set for the last time, or if it was a couple weeks prior, I truly just like those first day nerves totally come into play. And I feel like I've, I, it's something I've never done before. And I hope that yeah. feeling never goes away. And I don't think it will. I just think you're constantly stepping into new territory with new people in new environments. And although, you know, it's all rolling, action, cut, it's it's everything mm. in between is always going to be different, even within the same set <laughs> and the right. same scene. Every time it's going to be different. There's always going to be something, you know, that that is there to hopefully keep me on my toes or keep me mm-hmm. guessing. Keep me nervous.
0: <laughs> yeah, that is so cool. The idea of walking on set—you're hoping it's a—it's starting from scratch almost. Like you're start, you're from square one.
1: Oh, totally, totally.
0: Which is great. Yeah, it's funny you say the thing about uh, whether it's been six months or longer because looking at your resume, there's actually a gap after True Grit. Was there like mm. a reason why it was a couple years before you then started to do another couple of movies? Was there a, an intentional break?
1: It was an intentional break. So we shot the film and it came, I want to say it came out in the same year.
0: And and then award season happened immediately. I think it was all pretty quick.
1: It was a very, very, very quick turnaround. And it was yeah. like it w- what felt like a full year of just complete madness. I'll never forget the last day of shooting. Oh, my goodness. I was.
0: Oh, were you a wreck?
1: An emotional wreck. <laughs> oh, no. Um, I thought, I mean, I thought it was the end of the world. I was never going to see these people again. It was like, I was just closing this chapter in my life and moving on forever. And it was like
0: last day. Yeah.
1: First, last day. Exactly. Um, and I'll never forget. I was with Matt Damon and Jeff Bridges and the two of them put their arms (laughs) around me and they said, listen, you are going to be seeing so much of us we are going to be oh. saying so many of the same things over and over and over again. You're going to be sick of it. Like, don't even worry. <laughs> this is not over. It is, in fact, just the beginning. And that was truly the start of the madness right, right then on that last day. So um, after that, I there there was a conscious decision of just kind of taking a break and gotcha. just letting all of that sink in. And also, of course, moving on to the next project, making sure that whatever that was felt right and, and made sense. Yeah. I mean, I that, uh, that first movie, that first role was, um, and we all knew it was going to be tough to beat.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 It's that thing of, um, the next project must be important to choose because where do you go from the Coen brothers? You got to right. go to something exactly. I guess, completely different or yeah, it's tricky. Exactly. Yeah. And what, what about like advice for child actors in general? And I'm actually, I would love to hear advice for parents of child actors. Like, what do you want people in those positions to know?
1: As far as advice for child actors, if that's something they don't mind being called.
0: Um, uh-huh, sure, sure.
1: I would just say, <laughs> work hard. You've got, There's no way around, I mean, look, you can get lucky, sure, maybe know somebody and be put in front of the right person at the right time, but there's nothing like being in front of the right person at the right time and being prepared and i Mm -hmm. learned that i want to say the hard way before the easy way and and when it came Mm -hmm. to that it's never going to be easy that's another thing i think people should know um i think much like i saw my cousin on that tv screen and thought i could walk into my parents room and say i want to be on tv i want to be in a commercial they were going to put me in one the next day like didn't realize that's not how it happened um i think it's really easy to sort of get caught up in the fantasy of that being the way it works um but work hard, be prepared, be persistent. If it's something you're passionate about, then it can never be the wrong thing. And I think as far as parents go, I I just would not be here if it weren't for the level of support that my hmm. my whole family has had for me in my career. And my mom never she never gave up on me she believed in me she knew it was something i wanted and you know at that point in my life it wasn't something i could get if it weren't f- for somebody helping me i couldn't drive i couldn't fly i couldn't be on totally. a set by myself um and so it was something that she knew i mean i think she just realized the level again of passion that i had for something and and she was right mm-hmm. there to you know get get her hands dirty with me so and and i don't know i guess d- do the research do the research and Um, Yeah. Know what you're getting yourself into.
0: Amazing. Today's podcast is brought to you by the Apple TV Plus original series, The Morning Show. This drama series explores the cutthroat world of morning news and the lives of the people who help America wake up in the morning, told through the lens of two complicated women working to navigate the minefield of high-octane jobs while facing crises in both their personal and professional lives. Starring Jennifer Aniston, Reese Witherspoon, Steve Carell, Billy Crudup, Gugu Mbatara, and Mark Duplass. For your Emmy consideration in all eligible categories, including Outstanding Drama Series, visit fyc.appletvplus.com. I have to ask you about Dickinson. I have to have to have to ask you about Dickinson. First of all, congratulations on the Peabody Award for this amazing show. Thank
1: you. Thank you so much. (laughs)
0: How did you get involved and as an actor, but also as producer?
1: So this uh, was actually a really exciting opportunity all the way around um, because it is my first time as a, as a producer working on a project. Indeed. So basically, Elena Smith, the writer and creator of the show, uh, mm-hmm. reached out to me and had sent me the first two episodes of season one. And I read these scripts and just felt like they were so weird and cool and different and just interesting i mean i was so excited about the idea that 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 there was more and there was more to unpack and and more to unfold Mm. um and i i got on the phone with her she was pregnant with twins at the time um Mm. and she just had this unbelievable pitch and i knew that this was something i wanted to be involved in on a, a deeper level um mm. you know i wanted I wanted to p- play a role that required more of me than just showing up and acting
0: <laughs> oh sure, so, sure 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 yeah
1: so yeah i i um wanted to come on as a as a producer and and also just you know selfishly have that experience of knowing what it's like to see a project Absolutely. come together i mean I, I I have from afar, but I have never ever in my entire life or career been on this many email chains and phone calls. And Uh, in this case now, zoom calls. I mean, it's, it's really incredible just seeing just how much and how many people it takes to bring something together. Um, Mm. and what's so exciting again, is like I was saying in the beginning, you know, I feel like with each movie I've done, I feel I've gotten very lucky that I've, I've walked away with some some real people in my life that have stayed in my life, uh, and, and have chosen to stay in my life and support me and continue working on other things together. And, and I feel very lucky for that because the thing about a movie is, you know, you're with each other, you're in each other's faces for three, four, maybe five months, and then you're gone. Mm -hmm. And, and that's it. Then you do, yeah, you do your, you know, a couple months worth of press and then you're all on to, other things, different parts of the world. And, you know, you do your best to keep in touch with a TV show. I've learned it's just, I mean, it is so much more of that Ah. feeling of being a part of a family. Um, and what's so exciting is we've been given the opportunity to do multiple seasons and, you know, being Mm -hmm. able to come back to that family in that same home with the same team. It's just, you get to dig a little deeper each time and it's, it's really special. But um, this project is, is really special to me again on so many different levels now because I've, I've realized just what it takes for it to really happen and for it to become something yeah. you're ultimately really proud of.
0: Yeah, well, and talk about a challenge. I mean, from the purely from the acting perspective, you must have been, talk about, <laughs> challenged by a, a voice, a female voice that is finding her voice this is, the, this is like the ultimate character for that. Like how, mm. what was your gut reaction to playing Emily Dickinson and how did you first go about doing that research?
1: Well, I definitely, I definitely was nervous. Um, Emily, uh-huh. Emily Dickinson's work is something I'd come across in high school just as part of a bigger picture. It was never anything I dove into and wish I had, but I'm thankful right. for the opportunity of this show forcing me to have done that. But when you realize just how, I mean, iconic and mm-hmm. loved this human and her work is, it becomes, that, that terror really sets in. Totally. <laughs> um, and of course, there have been, you know, different stories of of her work and her life told through movies and TV. And what was exciting mm. to me about this version was, and this was part of my first conversation with Elena, um, you know, obviously being very aware of those other versions that have been made in the past, we okay. consciously went into this knowing that this was going to be a, a different story, a different yeah. kind of Emily Dickinson's story. This was sort of our version. This is Elena's interpretation of what the hell might have been going through this unbelievable literary genius's brain as she was coming mm-hmm. up with these poems. And that was so exciting to me, just the pure imagination that that was going to require. And as mm-hmm. far as research, I mean, first of all, Elena's like an Emily Dickinson encyclopedia. Um, sure. But having having her work available to me, mm-hmm. I mean, that that alone was incredible. I just like, one thing I love so much about her poetry is that I never understand it on the first read. Sometimes like yeah. the first three to five times I read it, I still have to really... <laughs> Get in there and break it down, and I do think that's why a lot of people love her work is because they have to. It's a challenge, mm. um, and so kind of taking those poems and going line by line and figuring out what our episodes looked like based on mm. whether it was a four-line poem or whatever it was. I mean, it was just yeah. so so incredible to take this person and her work, her incredible work, and just you know kind of interpret it as we as we do through a super sort of modern lens
0: totally did you were those other depictions of her in film and tv are you saying you kind of threw that all out the window or did they inform your depiction at all
1: we we did make the conscious decision of not being gotcha. too heavily influenced by them so
0: right and did you read a lot about her first of all did you read her complete works is it possible to read her complete works uh, <laughs> no not for me <laughs> no she's really prolific um, yeah
1: oh yeah i mean i i I definitely did a ton of reading about her. And again, it's so much fun when it's, when it feels so accessible and there are so many people that you can talk to that love her work and talk to people right. and how they discovered her and how they came up. I mean, that's, it's a real person we're talking about. And, and that's, that's, that just makes mm-hmm. it feel that much more real um, and and alive in a sense. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I have a massive book of her complete work in my apartment in New York where we shot it. And I every day would flip to a random page and read that poem. And I never landed on the same one. I mean, it was,
0: there are so many. That's so cool. You did a random poem a day just to kind of read.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's cool. Cause I'm fascinated by obviously like people playing writers or, or, you know, literary figures can read a lot of their stuff, but Rarely is it poetry, which as you're saying, I love this idea that you're not understanding it on the first read. Like mm. the, the point is that she's a little bit obscure and you have to dig in. So did, was it the sort of like an immersive thing where like the more you read, the more she's going to maybe burrow into your subconscious?
1: Totally. I, I, I think so. And I think what was so fun about sort of picking a random poem is I would get yeah. so wrapped up in the one that we were basing that current episode off of that. I kind of needed yeah. a little something to throw me off. Um, and it was, cool. yeah, I mean, just so wonderful to, to have again, all of this access to all these, all these different works of hers and and pieces of information that it definitely felt like each and everything just, like you said, burrowed into me. It's definitely mm-hmm. an immersive process.
0: That's very cool. Yeah. Um, this is so great. Thank you. I well, I want to ask you some very backstagey, not quite rapid fire, but uh backstagey questions. Okay. Um first of all, what is one performance that every actor should see and why?
1: Oh my god. Wow. <laughs> oh, man. I don't even know. I was going to say one and then another <laughs> popped in my brain. You know what I will say? And I I I would love to suggest this to you know, people who are, are young and just getting started. This, mm-hmm. this movie was the first movie I remember seeing and feeling like it was really something I, I like truly wanted to do on the, on the movie level, if you will. Cause we talked about how, you know, right. the commercial felt pretty uh, doable paper right, moon right. with Tatum O'Neill. I oh saw that when I was yes. probably about seven years old and I absolutely. I, oh my God, that movie to this day, it's gotta be one of my favorites. And I think honestly, anybody of any age would love and enjoy that, that movie and that performance totally. that she gave and Ryan, of course, as well. The movie is just so special, but that was something I think maybe it was because I was close in age to her when she made that movie at the time that yes. I watched it, I felt again, like that was something if she could do it, I could do it. And, and I just, there yeah. there are so, there are so many lines. I remember I, I just remember thinking, God, she's so smart. She's so quick. She's so witty. Right. She's so many things. Like, it was just such a wonderful performance. And I actually would love to remind myself of it and and rewatch that sometime soon because it's one of my favorites.
0: Sure. God, I mean, that's such a great answer. Like, it's it's the performance. I remember thinking a similar thing of like, oh, this is acting. Like, this is this mm. is line delivery. But it's also like, don't people compare Paper Moon and True Grit? Like, there's there's a commonality there of like, Young female actor paired with, you know, veteran actor, and like stealing the show.
1: I guess. <laughs> <gasps> you know, it's funny. I I I don't know that I at this point am or was aware of 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 a clear comparison being made, but but thinking about it now, there definitely there definitely are. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Have you seen True Grit recently?
1: No. Oh my god. No. It's been years. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. Is that something you might revisit in quarantine?
1: You know, I don't know if I would uh, <laughs> maybe you know it it's been years, but i it was on TV um and oh. and my parents were watching it, and i I walked in and and they were watching it. and I just remember kind of sitting at the edge of their bed and watching it for a few minutes. and you know, I mean, there it, it's fun to actually it was fun to sort of watch it back with them because I mean they were obviously there uh, physically through yeah. the whole thing. but you know, being so far removed from that you know direct experience now at this point in my life it's fun to sort of revisit it at that point but but yeah oh. i just remember kind of watching it and i only sat there for about 10 10 15 minutes but i i just remember thinking like my god i don't i don't know how i did that <laughs> i really don't <laughs> yes
0: well and i love the idea of like it's you asking the 13 year old for advice not the other way around which is that's oh man true. yeah yeah totally do you have a worst audition horror story
1: oh yes i do <laughs> I have, I have a handful actually. Um, damn, this sucks. Yeah. So one of them, one of them, uh, oh, I don't even, I don't even know where to start. It was so bad. Um, okay. So, okay. There's, there's two. One, I was, I don't know how old I was. I was young and, and very, very new. Uh, Got the breakdown, and it was very specific as far as the appearance of the character. Um, lots mm-hmm. of black eyeliner, um, all black hair, stick straight in your face, all like just like super introverted and like you know whatever whatever it was, right? Mm-hmm. And I was very heavily encouraged to follow this description, right? So. With the help of my incredible mother, uh, we pulled off this um, this description to a T. And I will tell you, I looked in the mirror and didn't even recognize myself. I I didn't. I was like such an out of body experience in the worst way because I couldn't I couldn't connect to. I just didn't it didn't it wasn't me it didn't feel right and it was so and by the way that's something that if I experienced that now it would be the greatest thing in the world but then totally. I just like I felt so uncomfortable and I felt like I mm. was not me and it was just so I, I I went into that room and I couldn't lift my eyes off the page I didn't know what to it, I just was oh. unbelievably uncomfortable and I don't even remember what it was for but I just remember I mean I didn't get it so there's that yeah. <laughs> Um, right. And then there was one. There was one other uh, project that I, it, it I had gone. This was probably my third time going in on it, and I knew that it was kind of the last, the last and final call. Uh, and it was something uh-huh. I wanted so, so bad. I lost yeah. sleep over this. I mean, I, yeah. I, I did things as far as preparation that I'd never done before for a role. I was so I, mm. I, I, I wanted it so bad, and it was an incredibly. The scene was a eulogy. The whole scene was like this massive monologue of a a eulogy. And I, I mean, I I read it for the first time cold when I, when I, when it was sent to me and I was bawling. I mean, it was so unbelievably written, so emotional. And I just was like, oh, this is amazing. This is so awesome. I can't wait. I get in the room and I I mean, my heart and my eyes were like as dry as a desert. I couldn't find any of the emotion I had worked to to, to find, you know, gearing Mm. up for this. I just couldn't find any possible thing that would trigger me or it it was, Oh, I was just, I I was, I must've looked like I was trying so hard because I Uh. was. Um, And I remember, you know, I, I did it and they, they knew, I think they knew I could do better, but I wasn't delivering. And I, asked if I could do it again. I still didn't do it. They said, why don't you give it another shot? And I just honestly was like, the more I do this, the worse it gets. I got to go. So I left and I was walking down the hallway and I was like, I knew the minute I got in my car, I was going to break down in tears. So I sat in the hallway because I was going to be, I was going to be so mad because I knew that was going to happen. And I knew I was going to get in the car and I was going to start crying. And then I was going to want to run back in because I was crying and I was like, maybe I can use this. So I sat in the hallway And I was like, Oh my God, don't let this happen. You want, like, I think I just got so in my head about how I I was just putting all the pressure on myself that I, I don't know, I just couldn't deliver. But I sat in that hallway for like 10 minutes, walked back knocked on the door. By the way, they fully made their decision in those 10 minutes that I was sitting in the hallway. I asked them if I could do it again. (laughs) It just progressively got worse each time I did it. And oh. and yeah, it was another one I didn't get, but wish I did. But it's all good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, but it's all good. Yeah, totally.
1: All good. <laughs> totally.
0: This is so great. Do you have a, can I ask about the future? I mean, I know we're, we're in a quarantine. We're in sure. this very uncertain year, but do you have like a dream role, including like a dream role now that you're on the producing side of things, would you ever get behind that you would you ever get in the director's chair or anything like that?
1: I, I would absolutely love that. I have been so lucky to have worked with so many amazing directors who have helped mm-hmm. me as an actor deliver a performance I didn't think I could do. And I would mm-hmm. love to be in that position for another actor. Um, I would love to help bring something together and bring something out of someone when you, you know, if you, if you can see the potential that, that, that is there. Um, directing is absolutely something I would, I would love to do. And, and honestly, I would love to continue producing and producing projects. I'm not necessarily involved in as an actor. I think that would really give Mm -hmm. me the opportunity to focus on that role and that role only, um, which is a huge one, uh, I've learned. Mm -hmm. So that would be really awesome as well, but I don't know. I think I, I, I'm continuing to, you know, I will say as far as a dream role, starting with a Western I hmm. I I never even knew go, going from a western to Shakespeare to a sci-fi. I mean, within five yeah. six years, I covered so many different genres I hadn't even seen enough of. You know, Um, hmm. and I can tell you, before True Grit, I'd never seen a western. You know, um, yeah. so as far as a dream role, I think there's so much out there that I'm continuously and constantly surprised by and introduced yeah. to that Um, there really isn't just one thing. But I will say, as a producer, I really do feel like I'm finding my voice personally as, as a, as a human, as a producer. And I, I am really looking forward to ways that I can, I can use that in the future.
0: Yeah. That's beautiful. Gosh, Haley, thank you so much. This is, this is really great.
1: Awesome. Thank you.
0: Yeah. We um, love hearing about the word, you know, the terrible audition horror stories and the, (laughs) the bad stuff as well as the good, you know, so this is, this is great. Of course. Thank you. Have a good one. You too. Thank you so much. Take care. Stay safe.
1: In the Envelope is recorded at Lotus Productions and Hyperbolic Audio in New York City, and Soundbox LA, Mark Rouse Studios, and Buzzies in Los Angeles. Thanks, as always, to our producer extraordinaire, Jamie Muffett, and to the team at Backstage, Samantha Sherlock, Mark Stinson, Caitlin Watkins, and, of course, Casey Howe. Visit Backstage.com, and don't forget, you can subscribe to Backstage by using the code ENVELOPE at checkout for a free trial. That's right, 100% free. For more exclusive content, join us on Facebook and Twitter at In Envelope, and subscribe, share, and leave a comment. Would you like us to interview next? Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time for another glimpse in the envelope.